confirms what he wants to do tonight, even in worship. I just saw a picture of him um, peeling back like uh, scales. and uh, I saw like an onion, like just peeling back things. And he just told me he's just uh, opening up hearts. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, let's pray. I really feel this is just a heavy word for us. Um, everyone who's here is here for a purpose, a reason. So Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've already spoken to us and confirmed your word. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in every heart in this room. Holy Spirit, peel back unbelief. Peel back doubt. Peel back just even just a normal life. Jesus, have your way tonight. You purchase us with your blood. We belong to you. We have no right to declare what we're going to do. It's your way, Lord God. Have your way, just as we sung. Have your way. I, we give ourselves away to the Spirit tonight. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, even now. Open our eyes. Awaken us to the realities of your word, God. We thank you. God, I just pray you would help me just articulate what's on your heart, God. I ask for your presence. Articulate through me what's on your heart for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Romans 8 is actually one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. The Bible says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Tonight we're going to talk about the carnal mind. Uh, and we're going to talk about what that is and what it looks like. I know for us as Christians, it's many times, you know, we celebrate just getting into Christ, being born again, and the enemy just sits back and says, okay, okay, I couldn't stop them from getting born again, but now what is the greater work that I can do in their lives? What, what, what is my assignment now? What should be my focus in the Christian's life? Well, I really believe carnality, the carnal mind, is his main focus in this time. Because carnality... Um, is interesting. It works off of the idea that your thought life, you're, you're set on focusing on yourself. And it says right here, carnality is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you turn over to James, it's interesting because the Bible says that when we lust, this is how we fall into temptation. We are drawn away by our own desires. 
It's not the devil that makes you, that puts you in the position of temptation. It's your lust that moves you. When a man goes to a bar and he's spending time and, and commits adultery or fornication, it wasn't the bar that, that, that did that. It was his lust before he got to the bar that moved them into a position to be tempted. He was drawn away and enticed. Okay? So you begin with these thoughts and desires. And some thoughts are legitimate thoughts. These legitimate desires. But unguarded and not checked by the Holy Spirit, it can lead to lusting for things and putting us in a position where now we've sinned, which leads to death. There's no coincidence that in James says, lust, sin, death, and in, in Romans chapter 8 says, the carnal mind is death. It brings that. So for us, we want to see, like, do, the good question to ask yourself is, do I have a carnal mind? Can a Christian have a carnal mind? Now, in Romans 8, he's addressing Christians. He's not talking about the unbeliever. He's, he's addressing Christians. So how do we know that we have a carnal mind? Well, I know one of the ways you could find out <laughs> if you have a carnal mind is based on possessions. Uh, Frank, you just talked about it. When you're challenged by God's voice, when he speaks to you to let something material go, is it easy for you to let it go? Or is there some sort of fight in you that, man, I need to have this with me? Why do you need to have it? Is it because you want it for yourself? And in James, it talks about the fact that this is the reason why you do not have, because you ask amiss, to spend it on your own pleasures. We pray to God and ask for things, but because we lust, he knows that we're going to spend it on ourselves. And this is why he doesn't answer prayer. And it's interesting, even here in the scripture, says you cannot please God through a carnal mind. I know many people want to please God. The Christian wants to please God. He wants to honor God. If you're a Christian in this room, this is your heart's desire. But there's a difference between saying you want to please God and living with a carnal mind. They cannot please God. Carnality in the church is rampant. Now, let's, get, let's use some illustrations. We talked about even, uh, you know, the man that got CD, and, and Frank, you mentioned the voice of the Lord. You know, when you hear his voice, there's life in it. Well, in 1 Samuel 15, we hear about the story of Saul, who hears God's voice. He gets instructions from the Lord and what to do. And Saul begins to do what he's supposed to do, but he compromises and he changes what he's supposed to do. He doesn't go all the way with it. And later on when he's confronted and rebuked, and he says, I have sinned because I have obeyed the voice of the people. I feared them. So you know you have a carnal mind is if the people, you fear people's voice more than the Lord's voice. He was, he was carnal. He was thinking of himself. So listen, I cannot, I need to, I, I literally am going to disobey God because I fear what they say about me more than anything else. I'm literally not going to do what God wants me to do. This is one of the ways you know you have a carnal mind. Christianity is not a popularity contest. We're not here in this life to, to make friends. We're here to obey the voice of the Lord. And carnality is very clever. Remember, he's preserving himself. He's preserving his reputation. He wants to be popular with the people. And when David rises up in ranks and David kills Goliath and the people are praising David, he gets all upset. He wants to kill David. 
These insecurities, see, the carnal mind breeds insecurity. That's what it does. It produces, like it says in James, a double-mindedness, a doubt that when you ask God, you will not receive anything. It says you will not receive anything from the Lord if you're double-minded. And a double-mindedness is just the definition of a carnal mind. Because part of you is that you're so invested in yourself, but then you know, so much, you know enough of the truth to know that Jesus is Lord. I mean, Jesus is Lord, but man, me. Jesus, <laughs> me. <laughs> and there's this, this, this war inside of you. And, you're, and you're, you're thinking, man, somehow I'm sure the Lord is pleased with this. Somehow the Lord understands double-mindedness. That he's willing to accept that. Listen, if when, when I got married, I wasn't bringing another wife or another woman into my house. My wife would not accept that. No, this is an exclusive faith. This is exclusive, and this is why God is after the enemies of your soul. When you read about Israel entering into the promised land, they had enemies in Canaan. They God said, you need to drive them out. And they didn't, and they ended up being a thorn in their side. Isn't carnality one of the greatest thorns in our sides? Carnality is one of the greatest thorns in our sides. Because what we're saying is, I'm willing to live with this. I'm willing to, me, I'm willing to let me be the center of attention. And somehow worship God. Somehow I believe that I, I can be the center of attention and still worship him. That doesn't work that way. And that's why it says right here, you cannot please him. For it is impossible to please God without faith. And faith requires you being exclusive to him alone. Faith is you turning your attention from everything else and putting your faith squarely on one person and not on yourself. You're abandoning yourself. You're saying, I'm going to be exclusive to his heart and not to my interests. And you see in the example of Saul, he's worried about his reputation. He's willing to let people influence him because that's what matters to him most, his reputation. What's another good example? You, you see the, the rich young ruler in the scriptures when he says, how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus breaks it down for him. He says, listen, sell everything you have. And the Bible says that he got upset. He was, he was saddened at what Jesus said because he was not willing to let possessions go. The possessions had him. He also had a carnal mind. And many of us as Christians, sometimes we're challenged to give up some of the things that we have. And we're like, man, I'm not letting that go. I got that from my titi back in the day, 20 years ago. I, I can't let that go. All these different things, the Holy Spirit's like, let these things go. But again, you're still the center of attention. Carnality speaks of who's on the throne. It reveals who's on the throne. And it ain't Jesus. It ain't Jesus when you're carnal. The word carnal means flesh. It means that, man, you are, this is about you gratifying your flesh. And lust is the gratification of self, of the flesh, at the expense of God and others. So when a man lusts, you know, for things, he's willing to, he's willing to say, listen, my relationship with my wife, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, Disregard this relationship just to gain what I want. She's paying the price for what you want. And you're devaluing her because of your lust. 
They're running after these lusts. They're running after these lusts. That's why it's so dangerous. We don't want to live lives that are just saturated with thoughts about ourselves. One of the greatest examples of not living this type of life is even Jesus on the garden. Jesus says, not my will, not my desires, Lord, but yours. You see, there's something about our desires that we need to just take to God and ask God to redeem our desires. We say, Holy Spirit, I know that you're a person and you have thoughts and desires. And 1 Corinthians 2 says that we have the mind of Christ. There's a mind that we should be walking in. Thoughts and even feelings that we should be having. But here it says very clearly, we can't please God when you're carnal. We can't pretend that we offer real worship to God in carnality. That's not how it works. Carnality only brings death. Lust brings sin, and then it brings forth death. Saul is lusting for acceptance. And many of us sometimes are lusting for those things to be accepted by, by others and other, whatever it may be. That lust will drive you away from God. It is hostility. And when God challenges you, this is why people get upset with God. They're like, man, they're all, they get, you know, they get upset. Like, why are you so upset? You've been praying to hear God's voice. He speaks to you, but you're upset. You're upset because you have a carnal mind. It is hostile towards God. A great example of someone who didn't walk, who walked in the, uh, in the spirit, who walked with a different mind was Paul. And you read in the book of Acts an interesting passage that most people would just kind of cringe at. And Acts 21 says in verse um, verse 10, it says, And we stayed many days, and as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when he heard these things, both we and those from the the place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when when he would not be persuaded, we see saying, The will of the Lord be done. It's interesting that that's not a, a, a message that most people would embrace. <laughs> a prophet speaks this word. Most people would be like, man, that's got to be the devil. <laughs> that's no way that's the Lord. But Paul recognizes the Holy Spirit's work. He understands something, that this, is not, this life is not about him. He has the mind of Christ. He says, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to pay the price for the name of the Lord Jesus. All the other guys are like, man, please don't go, Paul. Please, please, please. You're going to get hurt. And many times this is one of the things where we get challenged with the most. The fact that we are going to get hurt in this life following Christ. And we hear God's voice and we're like, man, I've got to preserve myself. I've got to protect myself. And many times that leads to lust. A desire to protect yourself so much that you'll cut corners. You won't listen to God anymore. 
and trying to find this, this weird Christian life that avoids persecution. And, you're, and you, have a, you have a carnality about you that even when others are growing in Christ, you get, you get offended by them. Because they're willing to pay the price. You're like, man, what's wrong with you? It, it's, it's hostile to you. It doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense to you. Because you've chosen it. It says you set your mind. You set. Those, again, I'll read Romans again. Romans 8. Those who set their minds on the flesh live according to the flesh. Again, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You've made a choice by setting your mind on these things that are centered on you and satisfying yourself. Listen, God, you don't lack anything in God's presence. There's nothing that you lack when you're with God. This is why David says in the Psalms, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He understands that his portion in life is the Lord. He doesn't lack anything. Jesus, when he mentions the devil coming, is the prince of this world is coming, and there's nothing in, in me that he can scratch. There's nothing in me. I mean, he's walking completely lust-free. There's nothing the devil can come and just, you know, tempt him with. But Jesus comes to live inside of us, giving us the chance, the opportunity, to actually live a life where we don't lust. Is it possible for the Christian to live without lust? For some people, they don't believe that. They're going to be like, we live in this world, we're going, no, 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 no. You better raise up the standard. The standard is Christ, and Christ is in you. The issue is, will you yield to him? Will you yield to the one who's fulfilled the law? He has the power. I mean, it's, it's all there. That's the issue. Because if you don't yield to him, you're going to yield to your flesh. You have a choice. You're making a choice every day. If you don't yield to Jesus Christ, you just yield it to your flesh. You say no to him, you just yield it to the flesh. And the flesh profits nothing. And it brings you to death. It brings you to death. Separation from God. A broken fellowship from God. We can't afford to live carnal. We can't live, afford to live carnally. And this is many times what's happening. We're passing through this life, and, we're, and, and most of the attention is about, man, what am I going to do? What about this? Me, all these plans we set, that will, it's all centered on us. It's not saying, hey, you wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, what, is, what are your orders today? What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? What do you want to do, God? Go fast. This is why many people get offended when God says fast. You don't think the flesh is hostile towards fasting? <laughs> you want to see how fast you get mad? Have you ever, have you ever fasted and, it, and the first day you're fast, you're just mad all day long? You're just mad. Because your flesh is like, what's going on? I mean, your flesh is, you, you notice how much you invested in your flesh when you begin fasting, how mad you get. You get a glimpse of how much you've been spending your time in the flesh. Many times you enter into a fast and it's like, man, you just enter like nothing. Like, man, praise the Lord. This is, 
But many times, because you've been so in the flesh, that resistance is just an indicator of how much time previously you've been in the flesh. We gotta this is why Jesus says we have to fast. Because <laughs> we've got to put our flesh under subjection. We have to discipline it. We cannot let it master us. And then expect God to bless us. When we're constantly sowing in the flesh, constantly sowing in the flesh, and we want life, it doesn't work that way. We've got to make a choice. And, and Galatians is so clear about this. Man, look at, look at the wild verses in Galatians. I mean, you read the Bible, and you're like, man, Jesus ain't playing. He's going right after the heart here. Galatians chapter 5 and 4. What does it say? It says, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You identify yourself with Christ if you have crucified it. This is Galatians 5, 24. Those who are Christ have, past tense, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 16, I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the question is, if you don't walk in the Spirit, if you don't walk in the Spirit, what are you going to fulfill? So you don't have a choice. Listen, listen I'm being, trying to be as clear as possible. I'm not the best preacher. I'm going to be as clear as possible to you guys. You don't have a choice. You're going to fulfill one of the two laws. The law of spirit of life that Romans talks about. We're going to read it right now. Spirit of life and peace or sin and death. You don't have a choice. One of those two is what you're going to fulfill. The issue is, are you going to follow the spirit and not fulfill, and see, this is the thing, the spirit actually puts the death, the deeds of the body. When you walk in the spirit, he's actually cutting off things from your life. He's cutting off desires that you've had that just lead you to, to sin. He just cuts them off, cuts them off, cuts them off, because you're tasting the Lord. You're tasting that he's good, that he's real, that you can trust him more and more. You're tasting the fruit of the spirit. The fruit is not just for, for, for other people, it's for you, for you to taste God. You experience God, the peace, the joy, the, the long-suffering, the gentleness, all that. It has to run through you first before it comes out. Because you're the branch. He's the vine. It has to run through you first before someone else can taste it. But that branch must yield to the one that it naturally produces. Listen, I'll go back to Romans 8. Because for some of y'all, y'all don't get it, so... All right, Romans 8. Romans 8. See, there are things, there are laws in place that we just can't change because we, we're having a, uh, a bad hair day or because we scream and shout. I can't change the law of gravity because I want to be Michael Jordan. I can go to the basketball court and stick out my tongue like Mike, run up and down the court. But guess what? I'm not dunking on anybody. If anything, if anything, I might get dunked on. Because I can't change the laws because of my attitude, because of my passions. These laws are in place 
constantly. They're universal laws. In Romans 8, it says, verse 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, it's in him. The the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Now look at verse 4. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So the one who's fulfilled the law, every law, is in us. So as we yield to the one who's fulfilled the law, remember, there's only been one person who's lived the Christian life. Only one person. And that's Jesus Christ. So the issue is, man, are you going to come under (laughs) the very one who's already lived it out so that you can walk in freedom? Because it sets you free. It gives you freedom from this other law. It trumps it. This law does not have any power over you anymore because you decided to yield to the one who has power over it. He has the power. Carnality should not be the norm in the Christian church. The mind of Christ should be the normality. His thoughts and intentions, his desires should be the preeminent thing rolling through your mind and your heart. This is it. In Psalm 37.4, we read an interesting verse. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's interesting that God would say, delight yourself in him first. Because if you truly delight yourself in God, you will not feel the same about things. Your desires will be different. And because your desires are his desires, you have a confidence that he's going to accomplish his will. It's not no longer Jose's desires. It's no longer Jose's ideas or his great plans. It's his desires. And it gives me a confidence that as I step forward following what he wants, that he's going to accomplish what he wants. Delight yourself in him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will change your heart. You will embrace the realities of his thoughts. And even in Isaiah 55, it says, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. How much higher? As as high as the heavens or above the earth? That's how much higher he thinks than us. But he says that we can have the same thought life. We can think like him. We can have the same attitude like him. Come on, people. We're living, we're thinking way too low. Way too low. I was telling CD yesterday about this thing... (laughs) My old friend used to teach me in regards to temptation. And I was like, you know, there's a story of this fisherman who throws out the, his hook out into the river. And he's got his bait on his hook. And you see this fish in the water. And the fish sees the bait. And he's like, man, this fish is just going after it, full board. He gets to this, this bait and he just takes this big bite of this bait. And, and he tastes it, and it's made it tastes so good. Whatever, it tastes so good. But then all of a sudden, he just starts to feel this pain. Like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, he's yanked. 
and pulled in a direction that he was not planning on going. So it is with man when we live and pursue pleasures. When the enemy says, here, here's the bait. But because we're carnal, we don't see the hook. We don't see the hook when you're carnal. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 1 or 2, it talks about the natural man not being able to receive the things of God. What is the enemy's plan? To get you to think like a natural man. So that you won't be able to receive what God is speaking to you. And it's not just hearing his voice. Remember, this is not about just hearing his voice. And going, oh, the Lord's speaking to me. Receiving has to do about you embracing in your heart and walking it out. That's the picture of receiving. It's not just hearing his voice like, oh, man, Jesus is speaking to me. Hallelujah. Come on. You start bouncing up and down. And... No, 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 no. It's not yours yet. It's not yours yet until you obey. Until you walk it out. That's what I'm saying. Walk in the Spirit. It's not yours yet. Thank the Lord for his voice. Hallelujah. He's speaking to us. Praise God. But man, don't, don't make no mistake. The enemy was like, yeah, I'm happy you heard his voice. Uh-huh. Now let me just bomb you with all these thoughts about what would happen if you obeyed. Let me just point, just put so many thoughts about you. Oh, you're, you're going to be rejected. All these things are going to happen. And you're like, oh, man, you know, man, you know, all of a sudden. And then you're like, and all of a sudden you're just content with the fact that you heard his voice. You talk to your friends. Like, man, God talked to me about this. And what happened to that word? Uh, well, he ta- he's talking to me about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm still thinking about it. Procrastination is just a small form of rebellion. That's all it really is. And it's an indicator of your carnal mind. That you're living in your flesh. I'm not trying to pop any bubbles tonight. I'm just telling you the truth. Because listen, if you walk in the flesh, (laughs) all you will experience is death. Separation from God. And you don't think the devil is laughing at thousands and millions of Christians who are mad at God because God doesn't show up and do all these things for them? You are walking in death. You're walking in death. Why do I, don't, I don't feel God anymore. And I, I, don't you think you've grieved the Holy Spirit by not obeying him? God has feelings. He's grieved. The devil loves this version of Christianity. It's one of the most famous ones. When we live carnally, and expect the life of God to surround us. We got to be real, guys. Between the, how we deal with people, I mean, how close do we let, how, how often do we exalt people in our lives? You got to be careful. Saul did that. You see the rich young ruler exalting his possessions. This is where his security lies. Listen, there's a reason. Why the United States, countries around the world have spent trillions of dollars on security the last 10 years. There's a spirit working through trauma and all these things that have happened to try to get us so focused on our security. Poor us. What's going to happen to us? We're walking in fear. Like, man, these these radical Islamists are going to just blow us up one of these days. and Everybody's walking in fear and all this stuff. 
You don't think that's the, the, the plan of the enemy to get us to be asleep? To get us to disobey God's word when God is challenging us to obey him? It's funny that one of the illustrations the Lord gave me even in worship was after like Thanksgiving dinner. And you know how you stuff your face. And it's like you just, it's like you get out of jail. You just stuff your face and you're just like, and you're, just, you're almost throwing up, like making weird noises. And about 10 minutes later, they'll find you on the sofa just laid out. See, while you're feeding yourself, you're putting yourself asleep. That's what the Lord said. While you're spending time in this carnal mind, you're putting yourself to sleep. And the guy will show up, but you're asleep. He'll show right up, and you're gone. Because the whole time, your carnal mind has been, you've been feeding yourself. Me, 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 me. My gosh. We can go on and on, man. In Galatians, last verse of Galatians, look what it says. One of the last verses. It says, Paul is saying this. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. The cross. This is one of the reasons why we call this church cross culture. We didn't do it because we thought it was cute and we're like, oh, cross culture. <laughs> no, this, it wasn't because of that. It is because we genuinely felt that the cross should be the very thing constantly impacting, conforming us. This is the thing that conforms us into his image. He bared his cross, we bear our cross. We need to put to death these mindsets through the cross of Jesus Christ. We say, Jesus, take this. I don't want to think this way. I don't want my mindset to lead me to myself. Because there's no life there. There is no life there. And I don't want to be a pawn. I don't want to be like some dumb fish who bites into the hook. And for a moment I have my pleasure. But man, after that a war begins that usually I lose. Those sometimes are fatal wounds. I've seen people fish and they, they pick up the fish and they unhook it. And they're like, oh, they throw it back in the water. And the fish is just laying there. And it's just floating all the way down. It's, it's dead. Like, what's the point? Just keep the fish. What are you doing? But that's many times the consequences of our sin. Remember, lust and death. This lust is designed to bring you to death. And these wounds, they're not easy to take away. You need to be healed. Living for yourself brings pain. It hurts. And the enemy's having a field day. This is why we thank God that we have the opportunity to have the mind of Christ. Life and peace. Life and peace. So today I just want to take these few moments now that are left. If you feel that you have a mindset of protecting yourself, a mindset where you just are afraid of being rejected, a mindset that says that, you know what, my life is more important to me than the cross, than Jesus Christ's purpose for my life. Paul says like that, listen, I'm ready to die. He's not a carnal man. He's a spirit man. My life is not my own. 
So I'm ready to die for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have evidence through Paul that we can walk this out. He was a man just like us. But if you're here today, man, and it's been about you way too long, my God, I, 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 I plead with you to repent. Tonight you need to repent because that thought, that carnal mind is going to lead you to death over and over and over again. And the Bible says in Romans, give no provision to the flesh. Don't give it an inch because that flesh is going to end up killing you. And I'll finish it with this illustration from the Word. That scripture about Saul, one of the things people, many people forget. When Saul compromised and did not kill Amalek, all of Amalek, all of them, and he compromised and God rejected him as king, when you read in 2 Samuel, you see who kills Saul. Who ends up killing Saul? Amalek. Amalek kills Saul. He's killing himself, but Amalek, an Amalekite, comes and kills him. The very thing he spared because he was preserving himself was the very thing that killed him. We don't have time to play with the flesh. We don't have time to be in a carnal mind. We need to God, like it says in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is why the Word of God is critical. We talked about it yesterday. We need to exalt the Word of God, period. I heard someone today say, man, I, he, he's walking around like nothing. Like He's all cool and he admitted to me because I haven't read the Word in months. But you would never thought that he hadn't read the Word in months. He's always walking around. He said, he admitted, I've been leaning on and trusting on my past experiences. This is what I'm living off of, what happened two years ago. But I haven't read the Word in months. And if I, if I would have told him he's carnal, you know what he told me? Man, you're crazy. I'm going to church. I'm going to church tonight. That's what he told me. He would have been offended. I, and I've challenged him a couple times. He's been offended with me a couple times. See, you guys, the Word of God is what transforms the way you think and gives you the mind of Christ. You stay away from this word, you will think like you. You will think like you. You will naturally think like yourself. You'll start protecting yourself. You'll start thinking all these different ways to avoid pain and, and disobedience. I'm like, man, and you justify your actions. Like, man, it's all good. God will forgive you, man. You know, it's all good. Man, be careful. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. Jesus, we need you, God. So bad. I thank you for the words that you shared through C.D. and Frankie, God, just the importance of just a new heart, just hearing your voice. Jesus, we need to have your mind. You say we have the mind of Christ. The believer has the mind of Christ. And, God, I pray that tonight that we would do business examining how we think, examining that if we have a carnal mind, are we the center of our lives? Are we the center in God, you need to be the center, Jesus. It's not about what we want. It's not about our desires. It's about your desires. We want your desires. Like we sang earlier, we want your heart. We want to desire what you desire, God. We don't want to be living for ourselves, Jesus. God, there's no life there. We can trust you with everything you speak to us about. 
We can trust you, God, even the plans that you have for us, God. We, we give it back to you, God. We don't want to force things. We don't want to be hasty. We don't want to do anything out of our flesh. But we know it doesn't produce anything, God. Holy Spirit, set us apart. Let your word in us set us apart, God. Let the mind of Christ set us apart in this world. That we're not living for ourselves. Let us be like the, book, uh, the church in the book of Acts. That was willing to give everything away for the cause of Christ. They weren't thinking of themselves. They were thinking about you. They were thinking about what was on your heart. And what mattered, God, in your heart, God. I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're here today, if you guys want to play.